breakfast. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now on Highland Radio or back via podcast. This is your weekly GA Roundup and another packed weekend of GA action in the county with teams competing with the ladies underage or hurling underage and our men's football. Uh, Donegal under 16 ladies were narrowly defeated by Monaghan in the Ulster Championship. Antrim are up next for them on the 19th of March. And the Donegal minor ladies shifted a heavy defeat in Glen Finn in their first outing of the group stage to Tyrone 2-5 to 8-7. Monaghan and Antrim at other sides in their group. In Hurland, under 20s development league, Donegal lost narrowly to Derry. But there's some good news as our Donegal senior men made it three in a row with a brilliant victory in Division 2B away to Wicklow. 2-16 to 3-8 and the game was marked by a 100th game by Ronan McDermott a 100th appearance for him what a servant he's been what a player he's been and continues to be for Donegal well done to Ronan uh, Davin Flint chipping in with a man of the match performance there 10 points for him Mickey McCann's side are flying at the minute in the Leo Murphy Cup our under 20 footballers had another impressive victory over Ross Common 2-9 to 11 points. So joining me later in the show to wrap up all the weekend's GA action, it's a one and only column Walberto Parkinson, a man that needs little introduction and of course the big game on Saturday evening, Donegal v Tyrone we're going to hear from former Tyrone star uh, Joe McMahon all-star, all-Ireland winner Uh, Joe's going to be joining us, of course a current member of the backroom team we're going to also hear from former Donegal star John Gilday to get his views on that thrilling victory in Buffet. but first of all we're going to hear a word from a very pleased Declan Boner, Uh, Ryan Ferry caught up with him straight after the match on Saturday evening Declan Boner, um, your side have beaten Tyrone by four points here in McCool Park tonight. How did you see that one? Yeah, no, listen, what we always knew was always going to go down the wire, to be quite honest. Uh, we started the game well, kicked a couple of scores early on, and uh, you know then we just went, went into a period of that you know, Tyrone would found it difficult to get possession. Tyrone kicked on a number of scores. I think the goal before half time was, was crucial for us, but at the same time, you know, when we came in at half time and uh, we regrouped, and I thought the second half, to be quite honest, the second half. Was, uh, was, was top class. Yeah, seven points to three down uh, in the first half of one stage. There was an injury to Park and Nogti, so it was a, a long half. At one stage, it looked like the Donegal crowd were going to get a bit restless, but you just managed to, to hang in there and you got that goal from Conor Donald, a very well worked goal it was. Yeah, no, exactly. It was a well worked goal. I think we created a number of up, uh, goal opportunities throughout the night, and uh, you know, we, we finished off the, the last to the very, very end. But, you know, I thought it was a lot of satisfying performances. A lot of young lads really came of age, to be quite honest. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, still only two points. And as I say, we get ready now, we regroup, and uh, we get ready for the next challenge, which is Monaghan. Yeah, it was a nip and tuck second half. You go in front, they would go in front. But you were just able to, it was just, it was close, and I suppose it was making sure that they didn't get any fuller ahead than maybe a point was key for you there. Ah, listen, yeah, I mean, you're against all Iron Champions, you know, they're not all Iron Champions for nothing. 
you know, we knew it was always going to be a big, big test for us. And, uh, you know, that was the challenge we put up to the lads, saying, you know, to a man, they stood up to it. And I thought, you know, right throughout the whole team, that there were some excellent performances. But, you know, as I say, we're not going to get carried away. It's uh, it's, uh, it's two league points. And as I say, we get ready for the next two now, which is against Monon, and they'll bring their own challenge. And, 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 and they'll ask us plenty of questions also, you know. You've received criticism in the past for not being able to see out games. Um, I suppose Tyrone came strong at you looking for that leveller, but you've, you've found a way to win it and you, you finished it off with a, a brilliant goal. Yeah, listen, Ed, we don't pay too much attention now to what goes on, to be quite honest, I know. Uh, but you know, the only people I'm concerned about are the guys within the, the dressing room walls, that's the players' and management, and uh, yeah, whatever criticism, we, we just shield away the, the guys from it and uh, we get on with the, the job of trying to make Donegal uh, you know, competitive in Division 1 and hopefully uh, a successful year like we do every year so we, we look for that we aim for that there and uh, so listen the lads it's building a bit of momentum for just no doubt about that there and uh, we'll be looking over that hopefully back now for the game so listen it's going to be competition for place that's exactly what you want a word on Conor O'Donnell a man of the match performance and a really excellent display by the Tarandoni youngster yeah no exactly it's been a, a very very good and for a, lo- a long spell during the game he, he actually struggled for a period but he got the goal and the, the, the last 20-25 minutes was top class from Conor Conor's been excellent and the one thing about him he, he's brave and uh, you know he kept looking he kept wanting the challenge he kept asking questions of, of Tyrone and he kicked some brilliant scores but no I think to a man the 19 lads that we used today have to say you know well done yeah Niall O'Donnell I suppose that maybe the one blemish on the night is he went off injured what's the story with Niall yeah it looks like he's picked up a, a soft tissue injury which is always you know you know it's been a negative you know, he's come back from he's just found it difficult since he's come back after the, the St. Julian's run and the, and, uh, and the championship but Lord listen I will see and we'll see how he is now over the next couple of weeks you know so the victory puts you in a good position in the league table with, with five points um, you've no game next weekend and it's then all geared up for a match here back in McCool Park against Monaghan yeah another one of the top teams in Ulster and it's always it's always exciting matches against Monaghan and I'm sure two weeks time it'll be no different and again you know in fairness once we did the second half the Donegal supporters started to get behind us it was quiet for you know Tyrone were, 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 were definitely the most most efforts in the first half but I thought the second half I thought the crowd really got behind us and that really lifted the young lads you know thank you very much for your time Declan alright okay, thanks Ryan yeah, great hearing from Declan Boner there. A happy man saying it was just two points. I don't know about that. He doesn't listen to the media, other. I'm not sure about that, other. John, what do you think about Declan Boner's uh, remarks there? It was just another two points. I know it was, but surely it feels a bit more than that. Yeah, well, I suppose, it, given the circumstances, Brendan, um, I suppose after all the criticism after the Kerry defeat and the lack of performance, he obviously wanted a big performance. Um, whether that was going to be against Tyrone or anybody else but then as you well know from your own experience you know playing Tyrone uh, two points are always worth a little bit more when you play your old Ulster enemies as such so you know I think you know in this county he would have been unless he was locked in a bunker somewhere he was definitely going to get you know exposed to the criticism and everything else over the last couple of days and I think deep down he's very satisfied you know it, it, it puts a lot of things right that were wrong against Kerry and you put a marker down for an Ulster Championship later on in the year and he has two points on the board and while it only shows two points on the league table they're a vital two points because if we had lost that game it would have been a whole different proposition today Yeah, there was a lot on the line uh, John at, at the weekend but between the rivalry you know, Tyrone with All-Ireland Champions or poor game and plus where we are with them in the league, this just gives us a bit of comfort now. Not completely out of the woods yet, but but with three games to go, and it was a big, I suppose, couple of points for 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 a lot of reasons in, in the game around you know missing a couple of our better players, particularly obviously Langan and 
and Murphy and, and a lot being made of the two lads being out but you just got a bit of a sense from Donegal in that second half and, and Boner mentioned it in his interview there that fellas were you know were supposed coming of age and, and particularly you know when your forwards coming through the likes of young Conor O'Donnell uh, that, that have got that ability to, to light up a game John you're going to always have a chance when you're when you're playing a counter-attack type system yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the positives, if you're missing some of your big marquee players, and obviously, Michael, um, you know, long term, we're going to have to plan without Michael because brilliant and all as he is, and maybe you can't, you can't beat Father Time. And, you know, Langan is, has been a big player down through the years. So, but what those two guys being out allows, as you rightly pointed out, allows the younger fellas to step up. And you either step up or you lie down. And, you know, really it was at half time their whole season was on the line because you can imagine if we were talking here today and they'd gotten beaten and got a hiding as some of the pundits were saying at half time against that you know after playing with that very strong breeze it would be a whole different you know there have been calls for resignations there have been all sorts of dissent rolling around the places etc so from that perspective those young fellas really stepped forward and I thought there was some excellent performances I thought McMenamin coming into the full back line again really added a level of speed um, that we didn't have in quite some time and we've really missed him because we don't really have an awful lot of out-and-out defenders. And then, as you rightly pointed out, I thought, you know, Conor McGonagall had an excellent game. I thought Shane, or not Conor McGonagall, um, Conor Donald. And then I thought Shane O'Donnell had a really good second half. I thought the introduction of Jack McKelvey, and I know he got the goal at the end of the game, but even prior to that, uh, you know, the level of, of um, I suppose, intensity and energy he brought to the proceedings so they really stood up and uh, they were able to help them by some of the so-called older players, like I thought, Omban um, and um, uh, Kieran Thompson had really big games as well. So, you know, very, very positive, a lot of very positives. But in saying that, just like we shouldn't have gotten carried away on the negative from the Kerry result, there's no point getting carried away when you're beating the Tyrone team that's understrength as well. And the reality is that if the Tyrone centre half back in the middle of the second half had it hit the, hit the net as opposed to blazing that over the bar then it might be a totally, totally different conversation so very hard to tell exactly where we are but it's a very very positive conversation that we can have this week about Donegal Yeah, yeah. listen, you're right John that, that Monroe, that, it was 11 uh, when Monroe w- went through and you know that, that was a massive part, part of the game there was a man inside as, as well I think for a hand pass yeah, you, you went through the team there, John. You know, I think we barely showed quite a bit of maturity, particularly in his goal. You know, when, how he's targeted. I mean, Hamsey, I've seen him take out so many players before. Like, that was a tough uh, 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 night for him, you know. But Shane O'Donnell had a really good game as well. And I think just the way McGee, you know, his, his physical presence with McFadden around the middle, like, they're all, they're all the things you're on a bit when the likes of, you know, Lang and Murphy and these guys aren't there. McCool as well becoming the leader pattern with it, with obviously keeping a clean sheet on the night. So that said, John, just looking back that first half, you know, it was pretty poor, you know, right up until near half time. We were 7-3 down. Big crowd there. The atmosphere was, wasn't was great then because we, we were performing so badly. I mean, I know what you're saying. It's, it's it depends how you, how you look at that second the end. Of, just at the end of the second half, and the end of the uh, end of the first uh, end of the first half and the second was we had two brilliant patches in particular that won the game for us. But there was some poor evidence of our of our tackling in between where Tyrone strode in there forty five and chipped the ball over the bar. Yeah, I, I felt in the first half and and what would be very unusual because I know Paddy and Campbell's involved this year and. You and Paddy had had some very close encounters over the years, and you would know Still that he's not. Bruises, a yeah. 
Yeah, he's not a passive defender. Like he's very <laughs> in your face and very aggressive, and and you know really gets in there. And I felt that you know in the first half we were defending the numbers, but there was no aggression. It was all passive. It was all hands off. It was all hands out. And you know when you're playing an Ulster team and you're known playing you playing Tyrone, you have to really get stuck in. And we weren't. We didn't get stuck in. Whatever happened at halftime, whatever discussions uh, took place, it came. The, the whole attitude of the team totally changed and and that obviously was very much helped by the fact that we hit that purple patch just before and we, I think we scored 1-2 to bring us back into the game because really at that stage it looked like we were going to be on the end of maybe a 10 to 15 point hiding with the way things were going and the whole thing flipped in that couple of minute phase before half time and then the aggression level really went up in the second half because we were getting our bodies in we were making tackles we were hitting men coming through and we just got in their faces and it was just a complete opposite to, to the way we played for 30 minutes of the whole first half Yeah, that's that's interesting Funny, I was going to ask you about Paddy actually and, and what you think he's bringing in I'm just looking at different things, particularly the Kerry performances this year, you can see Jack O'Connor's put a big emphasis on tackling and tackling the numbers, is it too much John to say that's why Paddy's in there you know, people talk about Boner and Rochford and, and the attacking philosophy with Donegal there's no doubt that we were too open at, at the back, but that intensity was upped in the second half, and I suppose sometimes you don't see the best of players until the backs is to the wall and we were playing into the breeze everything was pointing to a own victory, so there's a lot of merit in that but where, where do you see Paddy's role and what do you bring to Donegal this season? Well, again, I think it's very much in that defensive side of the game. And, you know, as you know from prior conversations, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think Donegal, this Donegal setup is, is much more, um, I suppose, dangerous when they're attacking because they have some very, very good attack-minded players. There's some great forwards as such. But I suppose the idea is that you have to get your house right at the back to ensure you're still in the game so your attacking players can, you know, influence the, the outcomes of such. So Paddy's involvement would be very much from a, a defensive point of view. Um, and that's why, you know, the first half performance was so unlike anything that I would I would imagine Paddy or any, any of the rest of the management team would have wanted to stand it over. And then the second half was would much more in keeping with what I thought he would bring to the table. Um, but again, you know, game swing and small, you know, small incidents, Tyrone maybe not at a hundred percent fit at this time of the year, and, and they'll be they'll get much much better as hopefully we will, <clears throat> you know. But it's um, it's it's a, it was a difficult one to to you know draw too much analysis on because as I said, just because the overreaction with Kerry was an overreaction, getting carried away from beating Tyrone, given the circumstances, would be an overreaction as well. And I suppose when it comes down to it, the two points are are really what's critical and staying in Division One, and, and I think it's a big step towards staying in Division One, gathering those two points uh, on on uh, Saturday evening. You you sound like Boner there. The two points I like it, John. That's that's very level headed thinking. Hey, we'll have to get you back at the management. No, no, no. no <laughs> if you have the yeah, time, <laughs> yeah. Just unfortunately, unfortunately, if you'd looked at if you'd looked at the newspapers and the radio shows and all the commentary the week before, you'd understand why nobody should go into management <laughs> because basically, Declan and the team were responsible for everything, including yes. the Ukraine crisis at the present point in time. So yeah. um, you know, it's 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 you're you're great one week. As with footballers, you know, the, the guy that kicks it, Connor Donald's a great guy today. If he doesn't have a good game somewhere in the future, you're no, but you know, and that's the way people are. We're fickle, we're fans, we look at games, we make, we make harsh calls. And as you well know, again, from bygone days, you never know what level of training's going on at this time of the year. Like, this is a shortened season. Like, we could have gone down to Kerry, those guys could have had a very, very physical, hard week. 
maybe that wasn't the game Donegal were targeting and they're looking further ahead. So there's all sorts of reasons why a team doesn't perform on a given day. And we just assume that guys go out every day they're supposed to perform. But you can imagine if those guys were doing 800 and 1,000 metre runs the week before because they're yeah. getting ready for championship season, you're not going to be all you know light and dandy on your feet when it comes to Kerry. So Tyrone was a different proposition. They had to perform. And thankfully for... I would say 35 minutes of that game, they performed very, very well. And for 35 minutes of the game, they didn't. So that's been very much our season so far. Yeah, listen, John, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Do you, do you think it is that fickle out there? I, I think your, your average GA player isn't that way. I, I think that, I don't know, there seems to be always maybe murmurings in the background of certain people, maybe point fingers, or, or maybe, how would you say, John, the loudest voice you know, carries in terms of criticism? I would say that most people have a bit of sense around it, but there did seem to be a bit there. Now, if you look at Mayo in particular, that first game, John, look what Mayo's done since then, you know. If it's three brilliant victories. Um, so, so you know, everybody's saying that Mayo were coming cold in that game. They they were ready for action. It's just but we probably played well in that in that first half. And then after that, you know, uh, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting anything from that Kerry game, you know. And, and once a game is... I suppose the mindset of Donegal going down there and, and, and how it was, uh, John, I, I really didn't read anything into it at all. So I was a bit surprised by, by the level of criticism, but certainly Declan Bonner must feel a bit, I suppose, vindicated in, in the players in terms of all that that was thrown at them. I didn't see any of that being, being justified. And like a couple of guys came on to me last week. I said, listen, this week will tell, tell the tale. Forget about Kerry. This will tell the tale whereabouts Donegal are at. Again, John, I suppose we've seen two sides of it, but when it was put up this, we responded. So that, that must give us, um, uh, uh, I suppose, with Monaghan at home next, we could kind of cement our position in Division 1, which is what it's all about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and as you rightly pointed out, I think that's true in society in general. <clears throat> you know, the squeaky squeaky wheel gets the most oil and, and everybody who makes noise right now gets more attention than the, probably the general population in all sorts of regards within society. And that's true in football as well. Um, you know, I think as a Donegal public, if you look at the last, you know, say 10 to 12 years, we're probably spoiled in a way. Like this is an unprecedented level of, of you know, success to a certain extent for Donegal football. We're in Ulster finals regularly. You know, we're competing at the top table. We're always in the Super 8s. And then that's the expectation, and, and then you're judged by that level of expectation. So when you have off performances, then people jump on the bandwagon very quickly. There's always a very reactive nature, and then, as you said, some people make a, make a lot of noise. I think like if you look at it from a management team perspective, like Declan and, and, and Stephen and Paddy are a very experienced, capable management team. I think they're getting a lot out of these players right now. You know, we, we've had a huge transition of players over the last five or six years. And, you know, if you think back, you know, four or five years ago when you, you know, the, the Neil McGee's, the Paddy McGrath's, the Carl Lacey's, the Frank McGlynn's, the Anthony Thompson's, right through the whole team. And that has to be taken into context as well. So this has been a very transitional period from Declan and his team. And we, we stayed at the top table. We're competing at Ulster at a very, very high level. Granted, we, you know, maybe we left one behind us in 2018 versus Cavan. But this is a, a completely new group of players that are being judged on the successes of the past. And I think sometimes we need just to cut them a little bit of slack and realise this is a young team. They're learning the trade. I thought they stood up very well on Saturday night and, and really showed a bit of metal. And for me, that's very encouraging. And it'll be very encouraging for them, as young fellas as well, to know they can go toe-to-toe with the All-Ireland Champions and not be found wanting. Brilliant stuff, John. Listen, cut them a bit of slack. You heard it here from, from the big guy, John Gilday. Whatever he says, 
I'm going to go with that there, John. Listen, first first class, great round up there. And listen, we look forward to Monaghan now on the 12th of March. We get one over our other uh, Ulster rivals. And as you say, the main aim, stay in Division 1 and, and build for the Championship in Armagh. Yeah, not my pleasure. Um, Brendan, and I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Chat to you later in the season. Yeah, John Gilday there, the midfield powerhouse of Donegal for so many seasons. Great to get his views on the game on Saturday evening. And now we turn our attention to Joe McMahon. Of course, Joe, All-Ireland winner with Throne and a member of the current backroom team to get his views on Saturday evening's game. Joe McMahon, of course, former All-Ireland winner and member of the Throne backroom team currently. How are you this evening, Joe? I'm good, then. Thank you. Joe, I was just saying the last time you came to town there, yourself and your bro came down along with other panellists. You used a great night in, uh, in, in Donegal. It wasn't as good on Saturday night. No, definitely not as good, but a uh, very enjoyable night in, in Letterkenny. We uh, we got caught up in a uh, bit of reminiscing of, of old times and uh, <laughs> the Derby games against Donegal. And uh, full credit to yourself for all the hard work and effort that you put in to raise uh, so many great uh, funds for, for many great people. And uh, thanks and appreciate the invitation. Do, do not at night. all, sir, not at all. Listen, I was honoured of yourself and, and Justin Down and, and Mike and me and of course Big Fergal came, even the Sam landed. Listen, we, we, we had a brilliant night and so we can we can always have a, have a laugh about these things, Joe. I know it was it was serious fair and on, on Saturday night all the same, of course, Donegal welcoming the All-Ireland champions to town and I suppose both sides looking at the league thinking, you know, we, another victory would would, would I suppose put you in a good position in terms of maybe staying in the league so there was a lot on the line on Saturday evening um, Joe and we've seen probably the, the, the good and the bad on both sides Yeah definitely it was uh, um, I mean in terms of the game itself there was a, a, a high reward uh, both teams I'm sure were, were ended up and getting the points and uh, in particular ourselves we, we, we felt that uh, with the loss of um, your key men four key men um we felt that maybe it was an opportunity to to get the points, but full credit to Donegal um, in the second half in particular, they really pushed on and we probably uh, towards the end of the first half allowed Donegal back into the game when we had dominated proceedings and were more clinical, I think, at at, at those uh, times early in the first half and really didn't, it didn't pay off on the scoreboard, but um, plenty to learn from from ourselves. Mm, the, the conversion rate was brilliant in that first half, Joe, and I suppose some of the kicks were you were kind of st- uh, strolling through and putting them over the bar, and it was a bit alarming from a Donegal perspective. At 7-3, the fact that you were playing in the breeze, it was looking a bit daunting for Donegal, and of course on the back of that defeat to Kerry, I'm sure there was a lot of people um, you know, s- squirming in, in, in that Donegal bench, maybe in on the sideline, but you know, just at half-time, Donegal pulled it back, a goal on the point, and of course... That second half under the breeze, we've seen it a lot. Teams, teams like Donegal play better under the breeze. And in many ways, I suppose, in the second half, there's some of the scores were kicked in, Joe, from areas of the pitch. I'm sure from a defensive point of uh, point of view, you wouldn't have been happy with. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, Donegal, as you mentioned, it, it really does suit their running game. And uh, we, we struggled with that in the second half. And uh, ourselves, we, we didn't take the opportunities that presented themselves in the second half from a, a set piece or from open play. And Donegal essentially punished us in the end and, and that was the, the sucker punch and, and the goal that they got and I mean from our own point of view um, probably it was decision making in those key moments that, that cost us um, at least a, a point in a way uh, but you have to credit Donegal 
the way that they came out in the second half, uh, especially after the, the first half. And as I say, the momentum of the end of the first half probably gave them a bit more confidence. Um, because uh, when it was 7-3, we, we, we could have really put the game to bed um, at that stage. But you just felt that the crowd were starting to get behind Donegal. They were getting the points on the board. There was a couple of moments where it energised the crowd and energised the players uh, following on from that. And they took full advantage of it. And um, despite that, at halftime, we went in and felt we were in a good place. Um, but the second half, um, following Darren McCurry, getting the free um, in front of the D we didn't really push on from that and, and it was Donegal that really started to, to command things and, and got up the field a bit too easy for, for our liking and uh, once they advance into the, the territory of uh, inside the 45 they're, they're quite dangerous in terms of their movement and uh, it paid off for them in the end Mm. And Joe, just looking at goals, you know, across you, you, the way you hit your two goals last week against Kildare, and it seems to be a lot of games that are tapped by the goals, um, and it was the same in, in Saturday evening, you know, Donegal getting the two goals, you failed to register. Is, is the big chance the, the Monroe one going through, you know, the, the man was McShane inside him or someone then, I know there was somebody yeah. beyond him then, a wee bit, I suppose, composure then, maybe with the likes of Paddy Berti showed for Donegal's first goal where he gets the ball across to kind of guarantee the finish. If Tyrone had a good goal then, uh, Joe, we could have been talking about something very different today. Yeah, you could. I mean, uh, those scoring opportunities, um, first and foremost, I think that the important thing is that we're, we're creating them. Um, and that, that's definitely a, a big plus. And the next stage now, we'll have to think about scoring them. And uh, Colin Kilpatrick had a score a goal opportunity early on, Derek Canavan. Going through as well, took took the point, uh, probably a half chance, and and in particular then the the one you referenced with Johnny going through and elected and fancied to take the shot on, but um, Cahill maybe was there uh, as an option, but you know it's easy for us on the outside standing watching the game and looking on and and seeing how the game unfolds and the high pressure moments when there's many players around, uh, there's plenty of talking, uh, those distractions may put you off in that moment and. Uh, I'm sure uh, Johnny and other players look back on opportunities missed. They'll try and learn from it and, and uh, improve on it for the next day. Yeah, you, you can show them how to finish a train the next night, sir. <laughs> I'm not too sure he's coming to the right person there. <laughs> uh, listen, there wasn't much you couldn't do, uh, Joe. Listen, to you, you were part, part of that phenomenal time, obviously, in Toronto, them all Ireland won in teams. Uh, on their heart, uh, Joe. It, it, it looked like a, a, you know, just a magical time. I was just looking at, at the changes now, Joe. Even from your time, it, that's so recent to now. Like, is 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 the kind of input of the players in terms of tactics and and training? Is it is it gone like on to another level altogether? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, in the early stages, 2004, when I first came in and actually uh, went down the Ballybough in the McKenna Cup and making my debut. Um, and as that time evolved over the years, you know, at that stage you were training maybe once a week during the National League in the early parts and then it stepped up towards the championship and did twice a week and the weights were, were quite optional, they were there, but they weren't uh, really monitored as much as, as it would be now and the game uh, has evolved so much in terms of the strength and conditioning, the the tactical side of things, the preparation, the video work. Now, it's not to say that it hadn't been done uh, under Mickey Hart, but um, it was very much led by the management um, in that sense. But now you're looking more ownership and responsibility from the players. And that's a lot to do with uh, the software that's available. Uh, players are able to access it more easily and uh, have their own put in from that sense. And, 
the the, the current, uh, the modern day Gaelic footballer, um, the application, the detail, and everything that they bring to the game. I mean, you just see the final product on the day of the game itself, and um, a spectator from a spectator point of view, but. The time, the effort, everything that is put in in preparation for that is absolutely huge. And um, I certainly um, look at the players now and in a, a, a total admiration for for all that they do. And um, it's that's the level that it's at. And no matter how much the game has evolved, it really comes back to the, the skills of the game. And um, you can see that within players and, and making those key decisions in the key moments of the game. And um, that's something that we we need to continue to work on. Yeah, and, and listen, Joe, I think it's very important that you, you know, recognise, we recognise that time that players is putting in. I mean, it's massive and the commitment, but of course, the management is doing doing it as well. You're in there. You're, is it Galbally you're coaching as well, looking after, Joe? Yes, and with uh, yeah. Galbally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and tell me, how, how's, your, how's your old time frame with all that? Eh? You're a busy man. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite busy and um, lucky of the, the support at home um, to, to allow me to do all of this. And it's like anything you do, if you didn't uh, enjoy doing it, you wouldn't be at it. So um, I'm, I'm very uh, much honoured to be a part of um, two great setups and, and um, the journey that we travelled last year with Tyrone. We never envisaged how it would unfold early on, but um, to get that experience and work with so many great people along the way uh, is invaluable. And um, I see it now from the other end of it, coming out of a player into the coaching role, and um, certainly as a player, you're, you're very mindful of what you're doing individually and how best to prepare and, and uh, work towards a game, whereas management, you're very much geared towards the group as a whole. and finding any way fine margin where you can gain an advantage and um, it's it's a very enjoyable time that you're out in the pitch and working with the top players in the game and uh, long may that continue yeah brilliant stuff uh, Joe listen what a phenomenal year it was last year for Throne I mean it was one of the greatest stories I've seen in many a year who to come through and break the Dublin strangle and you didn't even have to beat the dubs on, on route to it so listen uh, Joe brilliant stuff listen money want to wish you all the best except for when you play us later in the season of course if we, if we wherever wherever we may meet <laughs> Good, man. Good luck with the club you. stuff. Good luck with the club stuff too. Good yeah, man. thank you, Joe. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe McMahon. There, I say, great man, fair play to him. Always, always a gentleman and, and great to talk to. Him. And what a player and career he had, and now putting his uh, efforts in the management club and county. Fair play to Joe. Now we're going to speak to the one and only Walberto Colum Parkinson about the weekend's GA action. Colum Parkinson, how are you this evening? Not too bad, Brendan. How's things? Oh, taking over, taking over. Listen, the Smaller Fish G podcast, it's going from strength to strength. I'm waiting for it to be floated on the stock exchange at any minute. <laughs> it's definitely gone better than expected. Um, there's no doubt about that. I didn't think I'd go this well in month one. Um, there's no accounting for people's tastes, I suppose, Brendan. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Wooly, not, not at all. Listen, you've built up such a, I suppose, a reputation in, in terms of uh, re- reporting in GA and, and you, you suppose the way you've, you've handled shows and that. So that's all that coming back to you now in terms of people's interest in your show. So listen, Wooly, it's, it's phenomenal. I imagine it's very busy as well. Yes, very well. Like I mean, at the moment, I'm offering a guaranteed 16 shows a month. Um, at the moment, like some weeks, I'm doing five shows a week, so it could be upwards of 20. So I'm definitely very busy, but I wanted to make the offering um, as attractive as possible for people who want to subscribe because, you know, people have a bit of an aversion to spending money online. 
But, you know, for five euros plus fat, it's about 6.15, you get like guaranteed 16 shows. So you're, you're looking at maybe two coffees in your month and you've, you've got about 18 to 20 hours of entertainment, you know, when you're commuting or when you're working or whatever. So it's just about maybe people thinking like that, you know, two coffees, it's nothing. <laughs> it's funny, Willie, that, that kind of mindset, I'm always reasoning that when I'm doing a bit for the Plan International around getting to 21 quid. Uh, uh, 22 euros, sorry, a month, and how it's very easy to get that, you know, maybe one less bottle of wine, maybe that doesn't go down so well. Or, or <laughs> no, I'm not going to sell it like that. <laughs> no, that's a bad one, but maybe washing the car, me and the wee lads, you know, probably saves, <laughs> saves you 15 euros with two cars at the house, you know, different wee things again. Uh, that's a good one about about the coffee, say, cut cut back or take a wee takeaway cup, maybe uh, you could spend a fortune on them. But well, the coffee, coffee's aside, just looking across the weekend there, Willie, I, I was talking to Joe McMahon there, um, around the Donegal game the last night himself and John Gilday Donegal with, with, a, with a brilliant victory I suppose putting them in a good place now Monaghan at home coming up next at the weekend we've seen, we seen the best and the worst I think of, of both teams at the weekend but one of the big things I noticed about Willie was, was the goals you know and I'm just seeing it right across the leagues here teams out, out goaling the other teams particularly two goals you know Kildare doing it to Dublin, you know, Kerry Monaghan yesterday, two goals extra, Donegal, Tyrone. Even last week, Mayo, the two goals in Dublin, Tyrone, the two goals against Kildare. It seems to be the real clinical scores in the game that's won in these, these big matches. Yeah, I, I, well, look, listen, that's the old cliche, goals win games. I, I think a big feature of the weekend, Brendan, is how teams are incapable of using the wind. Like, I've never seen two teams, Donegal and Tyrone, with worse efforts at using an advantage. Remember when we were back playing, I'm not harping back onto our time or, you know, being annoying in that way. I know the game has changed, but having the wind was an advantage. Mm. These teams are playing much better into gale force winds than they are when they're, you know, supposed to have it. And they're dropping 12 or 13 men back into their defence when they have a gale force win. So when they win it back, or they, can't, they, they can't ever kick the ball down the field and use the wind. So Dublin were much better um, into the wind yesterday. Donegal, Tyrone were much better into the wind. Um, Mayo were better into the wind um, against Armagh. Monaghan scored four points with the wind. You know, Kerry were the only team over the course of the weekend. Derry only scored six points uh, with the wind, uh, with the wind against Clare and scored two seven against the wind. I don't, I don't get it. It's the modern game, I suppose, Brendan. It's the running, it's the off the shoulder um, support runs. It's that hand passing game, and then it used to be a disadvantage playing against the gale force wind because you couldn't kick long range points. But very few teams do that now. Anyway, they work it into the top of the D and they kick it over. It doesn't seem to be any problem mm. ever playing against a really strong wind. And Donegal and Tyrone, it was just amazing. It was amazing to watch how both of them played so brilliantly well against the Gale Force wind. It's it's really hard to understand. And well, do you think that teams are just so ingrained in these tactics? And listen, the breeze shouldn't yes. really be an issue, say in the summer. Or, you know, by and large, it doesn't be an issue. So, is, do you think it's something that on the night? Listen, just put the platform inside. Now, Tyrone did. I don't know by accident or it's just they had they had certain uh, numbers up the pitch. A couple of times they broke out in the second half and you've seen the kick pass, kick pass, and straight away, you know, the panic from a Donegal perspective that that breaks on because obviously there there is that uh, ability to kick the ball so far with the kick pass. And as you say, you should be within range, within within uh, two kick passes to put the ball over the bar. That's the thing. Like, I mean, I, don't, I think Donegal did it from the throw-in. They kicked it in and, you know, down to McHugh, but just didn't do it 
um, enough because usually teams now are playing say McHugh and McBrearty and then there, there's there's the huge gap then everybody else goes back defending and you remember playing in there Brendan you'd always want someone on the 45 to kind of bridge that gap it's too far away like the kick isn't going to be a good one and especially with the wind it'll be like a scud missile it'll bomb off the ground or go you know it's too far back to be kicking you need some I always remember when I was playing in there you'd always be shouting at the half forward line get back get back get back into position or else you know this isn't a good shape but every team is playing the same way now I just think when with the windy conditions and we've had them for the first four weeks of the league it really really highlights how clueless teams are at kicking ball they've no kicking game only Kerry have destroyed Dublin with the, with the, with the wind um, have destroyed Monaghan um, with the wind as well so like they're the only team that seems to be able to handle it and why because they play through the lines they're a proper kicking team the rest of them are all running teams if we're being honest they all play a very similar mm. system two men left inside and we're supposed to applaud them then for just leaving the two inside because it used to be none <laughs> and that's kind of it's just it's just the wind Brendan it's the wind has highlighted it's like what are these teams doing have they even prepared for the fact that there's going to be a big strong wind going down down the pit doesn't look like it doesn't look like a lot of the teams are. They're still playing their running game. Uh, and maybe they're just looking at the bigger picture. Like you say, there'll be no wind in the in the summer. But that's not a guarantee either. Yeah. Would, would it be a case with Kerry as well um, that they have so so much ability to hit the ball from distance that if it goes to Guinea or Clifford or O'Shea and they're 40 yards or 50 yards out with the breeze, they're going to have a go. Is that something maybe other teams don't have other? I think they do. I think Kerry play a little bit more off the cuff than other teams. I think they're no, they're, they're not afraid to have a few long range shots. Kildare aren't too bad at that um, either. You know, Daniel Flynn is an off the cuff type of player. Paul Cribben will take a shot. They don't seem to be coached to the point where they're afraid to kick a wide because they might have kicked it outside the scoring zone. Like I think Kerry, because they've such great point kickers in you know, O'Shea, Guinea, Clifford, and he says they're encouraged to shoot. Why the hell wouldn't you? Like, I mean, you have a gale force win. Those three players, especially, can stick it over from anywhere. Um, Daniel Flynn had a couple of brilliant scores from the sideline. You wouldn't see many teams taking those shots on, but they went over with the wind. Um, you know, and it's what you want when you're playing with the wind. Use the advantage. I don't see, I don't see that many teams using the advantage. Seems like it's a disadvantage, Brendan, because they're pulled completely out of their comfort zone yeah. and their running game looks silly with it and the dropping 12, 13 behind the ball looks silly with it and they don't really know what to do. Yeah. You know, whereas whereas against the wind, they're completely in their comfort zone. That counter attack style works. It frustrates the opposition, and they work the ball up the field through the hand. I don't know. I just think I, I definitely think the first four four weeks of the league has kind of highlighted how how poor a lot of the teams are at kicking. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And and, and just looking across the the Jack O'Connor looks like you know. He could have the keys to the kingdom again. Certainly the big thing Kerry was missing was that more compact defence and I suppose intensity into tackles and that. Kerry, you know, it's early days, of course, well, but they do look like they have that ability. And certainly the three goals that they got against Monaghan, all turnovers. And like we, the jury's out, well, this goalkeeper coming out the pitch saying, I'm not comfortable with it. It's just so strange. You know, Armagh using an outfield player uh, to, to join attacks and that yesterday. I, I, I'm just wondering... What do you think of it? Because I know from from the Ulster final there last year, um, the the sorry the Monaghan and Tyrone game where where Began and Morgan were both coming out the pitch, and a few times the balls was turned over, and you thought it, it's still very difficult to get the ball in the net from distance. You've players hanging off you. You obviously have to get into a certain range before you can put the ball into the net. But it happened uh, uh, in in Monaghan the last day, and and left uh, Began with a few blushes. 
Oh, it did. Like, it looked very silly. But Began's the most extreme at it, right? So there's different goalkeepers. We saw Aaron O'Neill coming up the field for Kildare and he's running out and doesn't really want to be out there. It's just t- teams have backed off him and he's unsure of what he's doing and the crowd get nervous and, they're, you know, he'd, he'd give you a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Niall Morgan, who's the most assured at coming out. He knows exactly what he's doing. He plays outfield. Now, Aaron O'Neill plays outfield for his club too, but Niall Morgan just is so comfortable. He comes out so far and he might stick a good kick pass. He might give a hand pass. Then he goes back in. Now, he does do, he does do this thing where he comes out to mark space from kickouts. I disagree with it. Began is on another level. Began is trying to get up to get a score. Began has taken it. I think it's a little bit self-indulgent with Began, if I'm being honest. I don't think, I don't think he needs to do it. I don't think he's that good. Um, if he pushed up, say, on the full forward and let one of the outfield players, you know, push up as the extra man, would that be a better shape? I think it probably would. That's even if you have to do it. But he's got caught for two goals, Brendan. Like, I mean, this is embarrassing. And it's, it's it, like, if that was a cornerback, the cornerback is in big trouble. Began's getting caught ahead of the ball. Whatever about a goalkeeper, if you want to come up the field, you know, when there's a stalemate, and everyone has a man, and now you're going to create that extra man to come up into the attack, you would say, okay, I can kind of understand that. They were going nowhere. Begging's ahead of the ball. So just one turnover and this man's taken out of it. It's madness. It's, it's, it doesn't, uh, for me, there's no thought put into it. And I actually think it, it really pisses me off. It looks to me like it's evolution for the sake of it. It's forcing some sort of an evolution that makes no sense. And I'm absolutely delighted Kerry put manners on it. And, you know, it might... And um, like, I think Patton's very good, say for Johnny Gauls. So say they use him, they use him very well. So the kickout goes out, one or two passes. Shit, we're up, there's a press on us. Let's give it I back think. to Patton. Patton yeah. will come out, create the extra man, give it off, and now he's back in the goal. I can yeah. see that that makes perfect sense. But what Began's doing is just it's for me. It, it's just silly. It's funny, and you're right, boy. Like watching Began and that, you know, even though it's not my team, my my heart's racing a bit because it just seems like there's nobody in the goal, and he seems it's almost as if he's winding you up and sitting watching it that I'm going to stay out here uh, in the right half back position, even though the ball's in the left half back position and could get turned over. I don't care, you know. It's it's gonna it's it's so strange, uh, Willie. I, I don't know how to how to take it on board. Well, at this point. You know, it's a league game. You might think, well, he's learned his lesson. But, Willie, if it happened in the championship, Willie, it's such a bigger thing. But in many ways, Monaghan now, they're only on two points, Willie. They have to come to Balbuffet for their next game. And, you know, Kildare now have overtaken them in the league. And it was looking there like a Kildare Dublin could be the possible drops. Now, Kildare have given themselves a bit of hope. Monaghan come to Balbuffet, that's going to be tough, Willie. They lose that there. and It's them that could be relegated. And you could take it back to that very tactic of what Began's been doing in that Kerry game. Yeah, well, you could. Well, you know, you definitely blame Began in the game because I think Kerry, you know, Banty said it was one of the worst. I think it was the worst performance since he joined there. But Kerry are a very good team. Like, I mean, but you have to remember, Brennan, Kerry are a very good team at this time of the year, every year. Like last year, they were humiliating Tyrone and Galloway um, and looked like they're all Ireland contenders in the making. Like Kerry's big test is when that kicking game doesn't really work, you know, in a, in a very, very intense um, championship. Uh, battle. That's when Kerry need to prove that they're they're up for the task. Um, you know, Monaghan have proved that they are up for that kind of a task. They kind of revel in those real intense championship games. So it's hard to know. Monaghan always seem to just do enough to stay in the league. But again, form at this time of the year, it's so misleading. You know, like even, literally even the honour. Even when it comes to the dubs. Well, theirs is definitely a worry. Like <laughs> they have lads coming back, but I don't think everything's right in that camp. You know, like Monaghan. 
are still under the same management. You wouldn't be worried too much about uh, about Monaghan as much, but Dublin, Dublin, definitely the wheels seem to be coming off Dublin for whatever reason. They're not playing well, with do, any. Do you, do you think when you're down, you, we see this a lot, we sometimes across channel when you're looking at the uh, football, when when, it, when you're up against it, it seems like everything. I mean, Dublin, how? They should have had four goals in that game against Kildare, maybe got themselves two points. And there would have been such a different conversation. How that ball stayed at Lynette, I have no idea. But it's as if everything, on top of what you're saying, the the the, the gods is conspiring, conspiring against them. It just seems like nothing's going to go right. And, and at this point, uh, do, do you think that, that, that Desi Farrell, you know, I suppose it, where, where his future lies in terms of uh, uh, looking after Dublin, is, is the right man to take Dublin forward now? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think he is. I think this will be Desi's last year. It's just going so badly. But I do take your point. Dublin were very good, actually, against Kildare in the first half. Kildare got a little run against them uh, five minutes before half time. They got four in a row and they gave them a bit of a cushion. Then Dublin started brightly. But because confidence is so brittle, when Kildare got the, the goal against the run of play, Dublin fell apart and they looked shambolic, a bit like they were against, uh, you know, making terribly silly mistakes, wides, into the goalie's hands, Dean Rock, like from a 30 metre free, like stuff you'd never, you know, they went back to that kind of shambolic Dublin. It's because they're just, things aren't right in that camp, Brendan. There's no point in saying um, that the, that they are. They're just not. A blind man could see that. And you had, it was Kilkenny and Fenton kicking balls wide yesterday when they needed, even their leaders. Just, it's not, it's just, I, I, it's not a happy camp. I think any, you know, I think it's very, very fair to say that and I think that this year it looks at the moment that this year I was thinking when they get everyone back to be a force but there's more to it than that mm. um, they're just they're just not playing well their body language wasn't great towards the end of the game yesterday and I think you know Desi will see out this year and you'd be amazed if he's back again We're, you know in Croke Park in the in the in the summer I think the Dubs might get sick of it. We might start hearing a few boos like we might have, you know, during the noughties. You know, we're not used to it by now, but Crow Park's a very unforgiving place for a Dublin team when they're not when they're not playing well. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure I suppose it's given a bit of light, you know, there in Willie the Leinster dominance, at least if there's a there's a chink of light, it'd be a massive uh, year this year if somebody could could topple them. Whether that can be done yet, they might regroup enough to do it. Well, I just just thinking you just Talking talk about Division 1, <clears throat> you know, Galway, a team that was in the league and, and held their own in the league and there was different bright sparks them, completely gone off uh, uh, the radar in terms of us talking about them and, and they're trying to get their way back in the league. But there is a side there, you just mentioned them uh, at the start of the show, they're really, uh, uh, you know, looking like they're heading for Division 1 and, and possibly, listen, if Monaghan don't get relegated, you could have five Ulster sides in there but that remains to be seen but Derry, Derry under Rory Geller everything seems to be going uh, top class for them so far Yeah but if Monaghan do get relegated and Roscommon and Galway get promoted you'll only have three Ulster teams right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're just balancing me up a wee bit yeah, yeah, You're right Sorry I'm getting I like the way you I like the way you, yeah, I like the way you Ulster boys always try to make a paint, paint a certain picture um, Yeah but it, look Derry are flying it there's no like they seem to be on just you know they're the, you know when you're just on a roll and one year finishes up and you just can't wait for the next year to, to start that kind of a role you know where the, the, the camp is just really really happy and McKinless Gareth McKinless and Kier McFollow when he came on off the bench and they had a long journey down to Ennis probably stayed over the night before and gave gave Clare a good hammering down there and like we all rave about what a great league team Clare are now they have Galway and Roscommon to come and Galway and Roscommon are going well as well. They're all going to be on the same. Roscommon are on seven. Derry are on eight. 
Galway will probably be on eight if they win their game in hand. So it, it, it's just going to come. Derry need to win one of the, those two games and they'll get promoted. If they don't win, uh, if they lose the, both those games, they'll find themselves after such a great start not promoted. So there, it really is. That's just that that division is Galway, Roscommon, and and Derry. And you know, remember Galway and Roscommon have been up and out of Division One. Um, in the last few years, they've been coming in and out of it. So they'll be the proper test for Derry. You know, where are you really at? Because there is, there is a lot of teams not going very well in that second division. And Derry have played most of them at this stage. So, you know, we might hold, might hold off on Derry just quickly until they, we see them against uh, two proper, you know, top top division two, division bottom division one teams. Yeah, yeah, listen, sobering words there for all our dairy listeners. Don't be getting too excited there. Roberto, thanks so much for reading that up. Of course, you, you, your, your homeboys in Leash got a wee point against Antrim, a wee bit of controversy. You've seen Mild Mallard and the McGinley getting sent off and all for a disputed point. So there was a, there was a bit of uh, action late on. Uh, Antrim scoring a late equaliser, the, the equaliser against your lads. That was it, and it was a free over by the sideline. I didn't see this, Brendan, because I was obviously trying to watch matches on the television. I was watching Donegal, um, and what was it? There was a free over on the left-hand side, and Leash had just gotten a point, which looked like to win the game. Yes. And then Antrim had this free, and I'd say Leash just kind of switched off and kind of maybe, you know the situation, they're probably waiting for the goalkeeper to come up and have a go at this, and, and it was McCann standing over the free, took a quick one and over the bar last kick at the game so they should be kicking themselves although from reading match reports I think Antrim fully deserved their, their draw yeah yeah good luck to them uh, Willie listen I know you're busy there thanks so much for joining us you've many a smaller fish GA show to do and we look forward to them all uh, and I'll catch up with you uh, as the summer comes in thanks very much Brendan thanks Colin top man Colin Parkinson there yeah smaller fish GA good luck to him and, and appreciate that roundup. I want to thank him for his input into the show. I want to thank, of course, Joe McMahon and the one and only John Gilday. I want to thank Kenneth here for producing Head of Sport, Oshin Kelly. I'll speak to you all next week. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen.